Welcome to the Breakthrough Zone, where lives are transformed one breakthrough at a time. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized coach and author, John Page Burton. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's awesome to be here in the Breakthrough Zone on a beautiful Wednesday morning. And we have a really special guest today. I've been excited about this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Claudia Wyatt is the um, CEO and founder of Claudia Wyatt Coaching. And she's a coach, she's a speaker, a writer. Uh, throughout the coaching world, she's known as an enthusiasm igniter, self doubt eraser, and a leader with a limited perspective. She's also the creator of the Walkabout Method, which we're going to talk about this morning. I've just been looking forward to this. Claudia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, John. I'm so excited to be here, of course, because I'm the enthusiasm igniter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been following you for the last couple of years, and as you know, I, I, just, I really enjoy your message, and I really enjoy... Uh, following you, and you just have your own unique style, and I guess all of us have our own unique style. Yours, yours uh, tends to get attention, which is awesome because you know you're raw, you're vulnerable, you're real. Everything you put out there. I was reading one of your posts last night, which we're probably going to talk about here in a little bit about breaking, you know, breaking free from a very destructive relationship. And you know, when I read that, I could just, I could just feel it. You know, and, and a lot of times I read stuff, and it's, it's generic, it's sugar coated. You probably relate to what I'm talking about, but then you read those things that are just raw and they're real. And so, tell me a little bit about it. I mean, how are things going for you? You're out in the uh, Quad City area. Where are you, Davenport? I am in Davenport. I'm in Davenport, Iowa. Yes, it's uh, great. It's very hot here today, which is amazing. It's like 95, which is odd for me, but it's. I like hot. It makes me hyper and excited, so it's fine with me. Awesome. Winter is over. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you're talking to you're talking to us, and we're we're doing the show from Tucson today, and I think it's supposed to be 101. So, uh, 95 in your neck of the woods is absolutely hot. So, <laughs> what got you going? How, how'd you end up in the coaching industry? I know you spent a lot of years, and you're still actively involved in the. Uh, the spa industry, but how did how did you end up in uh, in the coaching world? You know, it's kind of one of those things where I was technically a coach my entire life, but I never knew that's what I was doing. You know, I was always good at giving advice to people. I was always good at seeing the balance in a situation and hearing both sides. So I kind of started mediating with friends and family from from a young age. And then in my um, career in the wellness industry, I have been a spa director and as well as an executive director, coaching teams is what I was working toward and understanding people. And what I found out is I was basically brought in to coach them on their numbers and to help them produce and soar in their careers. But it was the people aspect of digging into what was going on with them personally that actually made them soar in their careers because your personal and professional goals are linked. So by doing that, Teams started just, you know, exploding in their growth, but they were also hitting these personal goals that they never really thought were possible. I mean, so many times I would ask them about what their personal goals were and they like didn't have any, you know, they'd never really traveled. They'd never really thought they were doing anything, but what they were doing. And once we started exploring that, their professional goals started just taking off because they were working towards something. And that was so exciting. And just finding out how much stuff is really going on in people's heads 
even the coolest people, the people that you think have the most confidence that are, you know, living the dream, they are just consumed with doubt and despair and fear. And once I figured that out, I was like, well, we're going to break into this and knock this out of the way. It was just like so eye-opening for me. And then, as you said, with my posts, I started writing and people started responding to those posts and they were asking me, are you coaching? I'm like, well, you know, I coach, I coach in my other job. You know, that's kind of what I do. And then I was like, you know, this is really becoming a thing. More people are reaching out and I would really like to help more people than the ones that are just in front of me. So as many people as I can get my hands on, absolutely let me help them. And that's how Claudia White Coaching started. So That's so people. awesome. And you know, you talk about that, that, the, the connection, the intertwine between personal business. I know I have a lot of, a lot of folks will hire me for business coaching or career coaching, but then usually about week three, we start to get down the personal uh, track because wherever we go, we carry ourselves with us. And so, you know, if you're having challenges at home, those challenges are coming, coming with you to work and vice versa. So yeah, I find that really interesting. And, and, you know, everybody out there is on a journey and everybody, Everybody, especially in today's social media-driven world, everybody's out there trying to make the best impression. Uh, they're running looking good programs. And so when you when you come across somebody who really seriously wants to go inside and they want to find out what it is that's really holding them back and as positive and as energetic as you are, and believe me, it's it's contagious and your, your big smile, I can see you can't see me today, but I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> and <Secret>. so, <laughs> but you you haven't always smiled, have you? You've always, you know, you've had you've had your own challenges, and and, and I want to go down that path because, you know, we see Claudia Wyatt. She's an enthusiasm igniter. She's someone who's just really upbeat and positive. But that's not really always been who you are. So, share a little bit of your story with us because I know it's deeper than. You know, I worked at the spa and I was coaching people and then I, <laughs> that's not going to get you up in the nope. morning. That's not going to drive you and make an impact. So let's, let's, let's get real and raw today. I like it. I like real and raw, uh, down and dirty. You know, everybody has that part of their life that they, they hide from, right? They don't really want to share, you know, they, they fear the judgment, the guilt, all the emotions that come with it. But those deep, dark moments are the ones that really show you what you're made of and they give you a choice. You can either stay where you are or you can break free from it. And it was a long road for me. I had a 10 year of it just hit me in the face. I was going through life just fine. I was, you know, flourishing my, my career and I had good friends and good family and uh, I was in a, in a marriage that I, I thought was was good at the time. And all of a sudden, the rug just got pulled out from underneath me. And it started with my my dad. My dad had cancer my entire life. And I was the I'm the youngest of, of three. And my brother and sister are so much older than I was that I am that uh, I was the baby, but I was an only child. You know, it was like a very strange dynamic of growing up. And my dad and I were very close. And I watched kind of what he had been through my whole life. And my mom was very adamant about learn how to take care of yourself because you just never know. And so that kind of stuck with me. And in my thirties, it was right after my 30th birthday, my dad had another bout with cancer and um, it was very unexpected. He actually drove himself to the hospital. He was having a heart attack and thought he had indigestion, which is 
totally like right up our alley. Right. And he ended up being put in the hospital for leukemia. And about two weeks later, he passed away. That was a really difficult time because it was completely unexpected. And I was with him all the time, you know, doing things, taking care of my mom, helping things out. And during that time, my mom, after he passed, just kind of lost her mind. Like not in a way of she went crazy, in a way of she doesn't remember anything that happened during that time. It was like she went into this tunnel and stayed there. Well, things still had to be done. So I stepped in and planned a funeral at 30, which was very, very difficult. And, you know, took care of bills and and calling places and doing all these things because she just couldn't do it. And one day she stepped out of it and and she, you know, slowly started coming back. But I was by her side that whole time. In the process of that, about two months later, my sister passed. She had an aneurysm and just like instantly passed away. And it was a shock to all of us because she was in her 40s. She's actually about the age I am now, which is kind of terrifying. And, you know, that was just a really dark time for our family. In that time, my marriage was going down the toilet because I realized that the person that I had married was not the person I was married to. And there's a whole drama with with that of the person who I was trying to make things work was very serious about honoring my vows. It was my second marriage. My first one was in my 20s. And I really wanted to make this work. So I was giving so much of myself and compromising, allowing so many bad behaviors because I really wanted to make it work. And what I was realizing is I was losing myself completely during that time. And then I wasn't really seeing clearly the person who was in front of me. I knew things weren't right, but I was so clouded by trying to make it work that I completely lost what a marriage is supposed to be. And as time went on, I learned that he was a mastermind of deception and I was clearly a mark. You know, he, he took my money and, you know, I built his career and, you know, did all these things and he just kind of disappeared and kept holding on to me like I was property as opposed to his wife. And one day my, uh, my dog that I had had for 17 years had been with me through it all passed away and I was destroyed by it. It just kind of was like all the emotions came in at once and just hit me. And that was the moment where they were all coming out because I'd been very good at hiding my, my tragedy from everyone. I was able to, you know, put a smile on every day and get up and go to work and pretend that I was fine and come home and be completely exhausted. And I'd cut myself off from the rest of the world trying to do these things. And in that moment, they were like, we're not going to stay buried anymore. It's time for these things to come out. And he did not understand. And he was not supportive of me. And the response I remember getting from him was, when are you going to stop crying? And I'm not a huge crier. I, I never have been. I've been very good at burying those feelings. And that was it. I was like, absolutely not. I am done with this situation. I deserve more than this. And it's about time I start realizing what I'm allowing. Wow, what a powerful realization because you're just, you're dying in this relationship. You've cut yourself off from from everyone around you. You're just going through the motions. And then one day it just, just pop. It just happens Boom. and you realize... So was that the first time in a long time, if maybe not even, you know, maybe ever, but certainly in a long time that you began to see your value, that you mm-hmm. you were letting the outside world determine your value. You were letting him determine your value. He was setting the, the conditions and the rules, and you were just blindly going along because you didn't want to feel, you didn't probably want to be alone. You didn't want to look at the fact that, gee, I really made a huge 
huge mistake here, but what are others going to think if I leave? I mean, all of that stuff I imagine is going on in your head. But what was it like when you finally made that statement of, you know, for lack of a better word, fuck this. I, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm better than this, right? That mm-hmm. I, I deserve more. I deserve to be happy. And what was that like? I mean, I'm sure it was scary you at know, first. It was very eye-opening because yeah. I hadn't realized I had been, I call it zombie mode. I had been in this like trance for so long that it actually, it started with a walk. I had gotten a new dog, a little puppy, and I had taken her for a walk to the park. And as I was walking in the park, it just, it came at me full force. And it was like, this is not the person you are supposed to be. And this is not the life that you are supposed to live. It's time to make a change. And I was like, wow, that's really powerful. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I've completely forgotten who I was. The person you see now was the person I used to be. And this is the kind of you know energy that attracted this situation. But yet every time, and I, and I sort of blamed it on my industry for so long, you know, I was in wellness for so long, taking care of people. And I was definitely a caregiver to my family that I adopted that mentality of giving so much that I lost the ability to receive. And in that, I forgot who I was. And so being on this walk, it just opened my eyes to, you have a life to live. You are on this earth, you are still here. This is not your purpose. Your purpose is to come out of this and be yourself and enjoy all the things that you want and be who you want to be. You know you were meant for bigger things than just this. This is not it. And once I opened that door, and walked through it because that's the key. You can't just open the door. You actually have to go through the door. You can't just peek in and go, hmm, is that meant for me? No, you have to plunge ahead and go through it. That's when my world completely started opening up and changing. And that's when I really started stepping into myself. And I dug deep into my own shit because you get in this habit of, well, it's that person's fault or this is why this happened. And, you know, it's not, it has anything to do with me. And I was like, you've been making some mistakes here and you've got some patterns. It's about time you figure out what they are and knock it off. Because if you don't stop what you're doing and you keep going down this road, you're going to repeat this. This is going to be literally the definition of insanity and you're doing it to yourself. So I had to take ownership of my own stuff. Yeah. It's kind of interesting when you're saying that, because I'm working on an article that I'm putting out tomorrow and I, and I talk about that. It's when we're repeating mistakes, when we're we're in that victim story. We all have victim stories. We, a lot of us don't want to admit it, but we do. And we still use them when we need to. But, you know, you t- I was reminded of that quote, the, the two most important days are the day, day you were born and the day you realize why you were born. And that sounds like that's that's in that moment where you were. And so what is, what is I'm going to go back and say, okay, what is one of the most that was a huge huge breakthrough for you and you when you decide okay i'm going to step into my power i'm tired of playing small um i'm just going to break through this door and i I don't know how this thing looks i don't know where it's going to go but i'm going to go with it what was that like for you i mean what was that feeling i mean liberation oh my gosh complete liberation it was it was very exciting it was like joy and adventure and curiosity just all flooded in at once. And when I was beginning this journey, people that were around me, because I was in a lot of different groups of exploring, you know, all these things about myself. And I kept saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. You know, people would say, Hey, do you, do you want to, 
be interviewed for this magazine or, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I'm like, sure, why not? I'm like, I have no idea what I just signed up for, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and I got myself into a challenge, which actually ended up being a really cool thing. I did the, um, the Miracle Morning Challenge with some friends in a group. And one of the girls came in the group and said, hey, I'm doing this challenge. Anybody want to be my accountability partner? And I go, I'm in. What's, you know, yeah, let's do it. And then about 20 minutes later, I, I sent her a message and I go, what exactly did I sign up for? I was just all in, you know, I was not holding back anymore. Whatever needed to happen was going to happen. And I was going to try. And if I tried and failed, I didn't care because nothing was worse than the life that I had just been living for the last 12 years because I was doing nothing. I was completely surrounded in my house, which became, I believe, my prison because I would come home and that's it. I would have enough energy to be on the couch, hang out with my dog. And, you know, I was done. I was spent. My mind was spent. My body was spent. And I was like, I am never going back there again. I don't care if I fall flat on my face. It is not going to be any worse than that. Wow. And that's so powerful because how many people i mean you you coach through the coach people like this all the time i know i do that they settle they get to a point where they just settle and and the thought of stepping into their power the thought of getting outside the box they are so they are just so comfortable in their comfort zone and the key is and, and you epitomize this is you just have to just say you know today's the day i'm going i don't know what this looks like like when i started doing this podcast i, I had no idea i just knew that you know, it was an opportunity to do a podcast. I knew that I knew a lot of cool people like you out there that had fabulous stories and I could bring them onto the show and, and we could, we could talk personal development. We could talk, I had a guy in a couple of weeks ago, we talked football. I mean, it was, you know, it was really interesting, but you it don't was, want to talk football with me. <laughs> <laughs> who's your, who's your, who's your team? I mean, I'm a Hawkeyes fan. I can't help it. I, you know, I went yeah, to Iowa, so yeah. it's part of who we are, but I know nothing about football. I okay. just like, I like the parties and I like the wins. Bingo, bingo. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're the tailgater. Yes. <laughs> yes, you could do this. But we were on there and we were talking about his journey and, and, you know, from, you know, high school kid all the way through, played five years in the NFL and, and, and all the lessons he learned and the disciplines and all those things. And so if you were, if you were, there's someone out there. There's somebody that's going to listen to this podcast. I guarantee you there's there's no coincidence, coincidence that you're on here. Somebody's out there today and they're in that same situation you were in, maybe even worse. What do you what would you tell that person? How would you coach them to begin honoring themselves to to really break away from the shackles of you know, an unfulfilling life. You were living a very unfulfilling life. You'd lost your, you know, you'd lost your soul for all intents and purposes. It mm, like. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so what would you say? I would say to that person, person, you're worth it. You are a hundred percent worth it. That is not who you are. That is not what you're meant for. You do not have to tolerate that stuff. You do not have to live that life. You do not have to be with that person. Your life is yours and yours alone. And it's time you start participating it on your own terms and living it out loud. Living it in your head is not doing you any good. You got to bring it out. You got to go for it. And the thing that you think is not going to happen is actually the thing that you're waiting for. The support. The support from the people. Once I started breaking free from this stuff, I found my people. I found all these people who were like supportive of me and encouraging and empowering of me. And they're like, do it, go for it. But I wouldn't have known them had I not jumped out of my comfort zone, which 
in all honesty, wasn't a comfort zone. It was a prison. I was in my own prison. It was not a comfort zone. It was just where fear had locked me in for a minute and I allowed it. But you don't have to allow it. You can break free from it. The life you want to live is there for you to live. You just have to make the choice. And it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. Literally, mine started with a walk. <laughs> Take a step, whatever that step is, and then keep going. Keep moving Don't forward. Don't stop. Exactly. Don't hold back. Yeah, and people do. I mean, people will start to go. And then I, I, I'm reading this while well, it's finished. I'm reading this, this um, three-part series by a guy named Stephen Pressfield who wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. But he has these three books. And the first one that I read is called The War of Art. It's a play on the art of war, but it's a war of art. And it's all about resistance and how resistance shows up in our lives all the time and in so many different forms, different ways, and how we can so easily talk ourselves. I, I've just finished a course I teach last night, Pivot From Your Heart. And at the end, we were talking with our participants, and like everybody was kind of misty-eyed. I was. This was an amazing group of people that came together. And we were talking about how resistance shows up in so many different ways. There were people that were like, yeah, I just, I don't know why I took this course. I just felt, felt pulled to do that. And then, you know, I think it was week three of the course, I talk about gut, heart, and head, right? Three ways we make decisions. You know, our gut is our second brain. So when the gut's telling us, you got to do this, you really need to listen because you probably need to do this. Then the heart, the heart pulls us. The heart is that spiritual piece that, it's connected to the soul and it tells us what to do. So if we're following our gut and listening to our heart, we're good to go. But then what happens is we we go to our head and it's the head that's always talking us out of what we know is right. It's the one that's rationalizing, well, you know, he's not that bad of a guy or, you know, he he's, he's under a lot of pressure or, or all those things. And that's what, but yet the gut's telling us to go, the heart's pulling us in a different direction, but we we listen to the head and the head is the ego and it wants to keep us separate and it wants to keep us in that state of fear and angst and worry and self-doubt and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I, I just find it, I always find it fascinating when people, everyone has that, that one moment in their life. There's one moment in their life where they made a key decision and that key decision changes completely changes the trajectory of our lives what was what was that key decision moment for you what's the first thing that comes up for you i mean obviously the the breaking of the marriage like actually filing for divorce like being like this is it i'm done you know that that was a key moment because i was on the fence for a while about it i kept going mm -hmm. back and forth as you said in my head because i wasn't listening to my intuition and i wasn't listening to my heart and it was kind of like I needed that one sign to be like, yeah, you're done. And I got it. I was on the phone with um, my ex and I just was like, you know what? I don't really want to talk to you right now. I need to think. And I was away at the lake with my with my family. I needed to just get some clarity and, and I was going to work through this decision. And he had said, you know what? There's something that I really need to tell you. And I was like, okay. And he said, um, you know, all that money that you were, you know, giving me for opportunities, let's say. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, it's gone. And I go, what do you mean it's gone? And he's like, well, it's gone. Like there was, it's just gone. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time understanding this conversation because this money was supposed to be for, you know, multiple things for you to expand and grow and all these things. And you're telling me it's gone 
exactly how long has it been gone for? And he said, a year. And I said, you've been lying to me for a year? And he said, well, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell you. Boom. That was it. I was done. I was like, and you just made my decision very easy. And I never did get clarity on where that went. And at this point, I don't care because I'm grateful for the fact that that came at me like a lightning bolt because that was the push that I needed. That was the push that I needed to say, I'm done with this and I am done with you and I have put up with enough and I am taking me back and it's time for me to live. And it was very, it was very powerful. And that literally set me on the trajectory of my, my new life, like you said, and it's been phenomenal. It's that key decision where you just said, there's that break point. There's that final straw, as they say, but sadly, so many people, they, they, they know it's there, but they just fear. Fear is such a big thing. What are you afraid of? I mean, you're a really confident woman, but there, there's gotta be some, and don't tell me spiders. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not a fan of bugs at all in any way, but I would say from what I've been through, the fear of not being me, like retreating back to where I was, repeating those patterns. I, I have made a conscious choice to never do that again, but I, I don't know, you know, something could come up and, and, you know, I could get back into a relationship and start going back down that road of what are you doing? That is a fear of mine is I do not want to go back where I was. And that's my biggest fear. So how do you combat that on a daily basis? Because you're absolutely right. It's like the alcoholic that hasn't had a drink for five years goes, well, I'll just have one of the, I'll just have one beer with the guys. And next thing you know, he's sleeping in a ditch and, you know, gambled away his money. What's, what keeps you on that path? What, maybe it's a practice, maybe it's a meditation, maybe it's affirmations, maybe it's folk. For me, it's focusing on, I'm very, very specific about who I allow into my circle of influence. You and I talked about this last week how it's, it's really important to me. But what, what keeps you grounded when you start to go, well, you know, maybe this will be different. Well, what, what are some of your grounding principles? I have a pretty stellar morning and evening routine. And it, it came from that morning miracle challenge that I took. I have a morning and an evening affirmation. I journal. I'm a constant journaler. That That is very, very powerful for me. Uh, mirror work is also very powerful with affirmations. So saying the things that I need to say to myself, you know, you are enough. You can be open to love. All of these things I say directly to myself in the mirror. And that is very powerful. Reading, exercise, constant self-development. I'm always in a new class. I'm always reading a new book. I want to make sure that I am surrounding myself, like you said, with the right people. And there's a lot of friendships I had to cut along the way that I realized were also toxic because I was the giver in those relationships as well. And in that time when I was in that dark place, those people were nowhere to be found. And that was it for me. I was like, no, this is, you know, you got to let some things go when you step into your new past. And that might be hard, especially if you've been friends with somebody for 10, 15 years or somebody in your family who's around that's where boundaries really became a big thing for me. I had none. I had no boundaries. I was always like, sure, I'll do that. Let me help you there and whatever. Again, at the cost of myself. And once I started realizing, you know what? Can you find somebody else to hang your curtains or help you with your yard work or drive you here? Yeah, or because lend you 500 bucks or. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm done lending money to people. I can tell you yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I would say you, it should be a profound, <laughs> profound truth for you, right? Uh, I should have that on a t-shirt. No, this is not the Bank of America. Thank you very much. Please file your loan paperwork elsewhere. Elsewhere, right? Not here. But those were all 
my morning and evening routine are all part of who I am. And, yeah. and I know in my heart of hearts that I will not go back down that road. And if I stay on these, these practices that I do, meditation, visualization, all of those things, I'll be all right. You know what and, really comes down to is protecting our self-confidence, right? Oh, absolutely. That's what we have to do. We have to protect our self-confidence because toxicity is sneaky and, and we can mm-hmm. justify it so easily, right? Because we can go, well, we've been friends for 20 years or after all, he is my brother-in-law, right? Or whatever. But the reality is this toxicity is toxicity. And we, once we have made that decision to step out of toxicity, it we have to fight like hell because it's around us all the time. It's the gossiping neighbor. I have a neighbor that every time I see him, hi, how you doing? And he'll tell me, you know, well, I heard so-and-so's doing this or so-and-so's doing that. And, you know, I, I really, I was just kind of speed up the walk because I'm not interested in that. But we all have that that family member or a neighbor or somebody, a coworker, right, that's, that's yes. always spewing something. And, and I think we have to protect our self-confidence. That's one of the things I have to do all the time because, you know, in our world where we are, we're the creators, we're the ones that are out putting it. We can't, we can't, um, we can't focus on likes and we can't focus on comments. And so I see so many people out there are, 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 are establishing their worth based upon, you know, how many people like their post or how many people commented or if so-and-so didn't comment, do they still like me? And where, where this is really scary, and I talk about this on the show a lot because I think it's really important, is our young people, right? Our young people are so impressionable, and we're just seeing far too many teen suicides. We're seeing far too many um, kids that are that are depressed that, that just are basing everything on a material world that's made up. I mean, let's put it this way. We never put a post up about, oh, crap, my dog died, and my wife just left me, and yeah, I went through all the money at the casino last week. And we don't do that. We always put up, hey, look, look at these eggs I'm eating. Aren't they great? Or whatever that looks like for us. <laughs> like, look at my new shoes. And and I think we we, we run a risk of you know, the next generation um, being isolated. Does, it, does that make sense? We're, we're isolating yeah. ourselves. We're, we're getting all of our validation from – from the internet and we're not getting out there and connecting. So can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Cause you're a connector. I am a connector. I mean, I'm an extreme extrovert, so I love people and I love to be around people. I love to introduce people to people. It's interesting. I can't imagine what it's been like to grow up in this generation where, you know, you have all this internet, like internet wasn't really a thing when I was growing up, like you played some games and you know, that was it, but this is like their news source. This is their education. This is, they're um, they're learning how to connect with people through this. And yeah, there are some people that you can have real relationships with, but there's a lot of phony stuff out there. Like you were saying, people don't share the real stuff because it's about an image, it's a persona. I could care less about that. I want to just be me. I'm going to tell what I feel comfortable sharing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I, I've still not quite gotten comfortable enough to put out there in some kind of a way, but it, it's coming. I can feel it. Each part of it is a step. But I agree, there has been so much deception, so to speak. It's like people aren't being their true selves. It's like people who go to therapy and then they lie to their therapist. Like, why are you doing that? Because it's not helping you. This is the same thing that these kids are getting because they think, well, this is what life must really be like. And I don't have that life. So I must be doing something wrong. It must be me. And it's not you because you're not getting the whole truth from the people or any truth. You need to make sure that you're following people who are giving you a purpose 
and empowering you to be your best self, no matter what your cards, because we've all been dealt a bad hand. It doesn't matter if it's from your childhood or if it's from your adulthood, your career, your personal, whatever, there's going to be something that's going to go down and it's going to go down badly. That's reality. It's how you pull yourself out of it or who's in your circle to pull you out of it. That matters. Not the likes and the follows and all of that. Yeah, those things are great. And I know it does something to, you know, your body and, and your, your dopamine and your adrenaline and all of those things. But it's not real. It's not worth it. It's like watching a movie and going, I want that. That doesn't mean you can't have it, but you have to remember what's real and what isn't. And right. you can have anything that you want, but you have to realize it's not always going to come easy. And that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong because it was hard. Absolutely. Because anything, anything that's worthwhile is going to take, is it's gonna, it's a process. It's gonna take for you to be successful, you have to become a person, right? Who can see themselves being successful. Like I have I've coached a lot of, you know, both male and female. So it's not gender specific. Well, I just can't I just can't find Mr. or Mrs. Right. And I, and, and uh, they have these these long lists. And I say, how about if you just focus on becoming the person you want to attract, right? And we've all heard that, but it's hard to put it in practice. Like there's so many things we hear. I mean, you and I could go back and forth for the rest of the show on on industry buzzwords, and they all sound good and buzz phrases. But you know, it really is difficult to be authentic. And and I and I shared that with somebody the other day. So what do you mean? I mean, I said it's difficult to be authentic because in the course of any given day, we play so many roles. You know, your boss, your coach, your your student, your teacher, your this, your that. And so can you talk a little bit about authenticity? What, what does authenticity mean to you? When I say that word, what does that mean to you? You know, doing me and doing it anyway. And that's something that apparently I've done since I was a kid. My mom would always say that to me. She said, said, why didn't you ever tell me not to do something? Or why didn't you ever chime in on you know, one of the things I was doing that was bad for me. She goes, there was no point in telling you anything because you were going to do it your way, no matter what. So she allowed me to fail. She allowed me to fail, but she was there to support me if, if need be. And that's what I feel that showing up authentic is. I've been in several jobs in my life where, you know, somebody was not telling me to do this the way that they thought I should be doing it. And I didn't feel that I should be doing that way. So I did it my way anyway. And it worked out. You know, it's, it's about coming to the table as you, saying what you have to say, being who you believe you are supposed to be for yourself, not for others, and not really giving a shit what anybody else thinks about it. If right. they like it, great. If they don't, that's not your problem. That's their problem. They don't have to like you. They don't have to like everything you say. That might not be your people. You will find yeah. your people when you find your own voice, and that is being authentic. Yeah, so if you're out there chasing people and you're chasing fantasies and you're chasing stardom and, and all that, you're just you're chasing, right? It's when you are free to be you. As you said, I like to do me. It's it's you be you. And it, it's kind of like mar the concept of marketing. You, you, know, you attract the people you're supposed to and you repel the people you don't. And yet I think I, I'm guilty of it sometimes. I'll go, well, I wonder what that person thinks of me or I wonder you know, what they really think or – you know, and when we're when we're caught up there, we're we're wasting time. Time is our most valuable resource, so we have to put our time, in, and that includes our thoughts, because our thoughts are so, our thoughts are so powerful, aren't they? I mean, it's like, 
you know, I, I was on the way over here to the studio this morning. Honestly, I, I'm always trying to be transparent about stuff. So I'm on over here this morning. Uh, last time I was over here, I'm jamming. I mean, I'm listening to Boston. I'm like, I got to go. And the cop pulls up next to me, kind of looks over. I give him the thumbs up. But this, <laughs> but this morning, I'm because he saw me playing you know, the drums, and he's probably impressed. But, um, but this morning, driving over here, right, I was like, I was worked up over something because I'd had a conversation right before I came over here. So I'm still processing that conversation and I'm, I'm going into justifications. And, and I know that this is the ego. This is the devil. And finally, I stopped and, and I said, you know what? The closer I fucking get to the top, the more the devil's going to be in there kicking around. The more he's going to yes. be in there stirring up shit in my head. And it's that awareness, right? But I stood about five minutes. I know this. I teach this. We're talking about this. It's not like it's a foreign concept, but that's how quickly we can start to go down these rabbit holes in our mind. We get monkey mind. We start going crazy, right? It's our ability really to manage that and realize, okay, I'm going down a, I'm going down a spot here and, and uh, this does not serve me. And we all do it. I mean, as confident and as positive as you are and as realized as you become, you still probably run monkey mind 20 times a day, right? <laughs> you know what? I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's the thing is people see what they see, right? And they're going to, oh, well, you never have that. You never, everyone has that. If that's mm -hmm. part of what I do is to work with people on how to control it. Manage and how it. to erase it and manage it. Exactly. Because you're going to have something that's going to pop into your head. You're having a conversation, come back later and go, oh, that's not really what I meant. Did they take it that way? And then you start spiraling. Right. It happens. Or if something you, you let a boundary, you know, slip and boom, somebody came in and took charge of it. And you're like, man, I did it again. Why did that happen to me? You know? Right. Oh, I, because I did it. That's why. So what I like to focus on a lot is that inner critic because that inner critic is powerful and it is ego and it will take over if you let it. And what I've focused on over the last few years with myself is when I hear it, I'm like silence. Okay. No one's talking to you yes. and you have not steered me in the right direction thus far. So nobody's listening to you here either. Right. Be gone. You're a bad role model. <laughs> exactly. Once you can do that, it's going to change the game for you, but it takes practice because sometimes certain things from certain people are going to, you know, know how to push your buttons and you're going to let it in. Yes. And one of the things I like to do with that is I like to journal it out like that. Just get it out of my head as soon as humanly possible, but silencing it. And if you're feeding the lie, you know, if somebody says something to you and you're, you're believing it, but you know, it's not true. And then you're like, why am I believing this? It's like consuming me thought my thoughts with this whole process. Those are the ones you have to prove the lie wrong instead of feeding it. You have to go, okay. So, you know, so-and-so said that I am, am not a great coach. Well, what does that person know? Anyway, they're not willing to listen to me. Or I could feed the lie myself and go, yeah, they're really, you know, they're right. I'm new. I, I don't have as much experience as so-and-so and whatever. No, you know what you're doing. You're in it. Their stuff that they're putting on you is a them problem. It's right. not a you problem. Right. But if you feed that lie, it becomes a you problem and you start to spiral because you let it all in and you let it consume you. You've got to stop it in its tracks. And if you start to prove that lie wrong, list all the reasons why that's not true. Then you'll start to realize, say it out loud. This is what they said. Say it out loud. Well, that's wrong. It's when you hear it, you're going, that's not true. But when you heard it from them, 
you felt it was true. So right. there's all kinds of steps to make it go away, but it's a process. Like you have to work through that. And some things are going to try to bring you down and it's not your fault. Don't feel guilty because you let it in, allow it, feel it, understand it and let it go. That's what you need to do when you're consumed by it. That's when the spiral happens. Right. Because then we start stacking. We start bringing up other things and other things. And pretty soon we just spin. You know, we're oh, spin. yeah. It's like a person in your relationship who likes to sling stuff from the past at you constantly. Right. Because right. they're holding on to it. And so they're just going to keep throwing. Well, remember when you do this? Remember when you said that? Remember? Okay. You got to let that go. Okay. Like, have we apologized for these things? Have we made that right? Then that's no longer on the table. So if you're still bringing it to the table, you and I aren't going to be able to have conversations anymore. You need to deal with your own stuff if you're still bringing that up. That's the same thing you do yourself. You're putting yourself in that position of bringing stuff up that's already been done and squashed. You failed, you won, whatever you did. Okay, let's move on from it. You don't have to live in it. Yeah, another one of my favorite ones, and I do this too. I mean, I, I own this stuff because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a total work in progress. But we'll start, we'll start going, well, and we go back in the past and we start lamenting a decision we made. Well, if I'd done this, if I'd done that, and then... You know, you feel guilty about something you did to somebody 20 years ago that probably is either dead or doesn't remember it. And we go down those paths. So, you know, it's it's really protecting our self-confidence, being aware the inner villain is in there kicking around. You call it the inner critic. I call him the inner villain. They're in there kicking around. The closer we get to where we're supposed to be, the more that stuff's going to start coming up. I mean, our sandbox is going to start getting crazy. So being able to manage that. So what, what, what's a tip that you have uh, that you use on just on demand, right? An on-demand tool that you have for when you start going to monkey mind, you start rehashing the past. What's a tool that you could do immediately? You could do it at a stoplight. I did it this morning. I had to. Immediately would be to shut it down. Like immediately I'll be like, nope, mm -mm, not today. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And if it starts to be one that you, like you said, starts to spiral, immediately I get paper. And as soon as I get a pen to paper, I've got to get it out of my head. And once I write it down, I have this really amazing brain that I remember a lot of things. And so if it's consuming me in my brain, it's got to come out. So once I write it down, it's out of my head and then I can move on from it and I can really let it go. I also say out loud, I release it. I say it all the time. I release it because, you know, things pop up all the time. When they come up, I believe you're supposed to be aware of them coming up. And they're coming up for a reason. So then I'll say, okay, I'm not really sure what that's about right now, but it doesn't, it doesn't consume me. I'm going to release it. I release it. And when I do that, I'm like, it doesn't serve me anymore. I don't, I'm not that person. I have grown through that. I am not that person that's going to be consumed by that. It's just a test. It's like something coming at me to go, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to spiral with this one? No, I'm not because that's not who I am anymore. Yes, before I would have spiraled for sure. But no, I'm not going to do that. But journaling is powerful. I highly recommend it, whether it's pen to paper or, you know, digital, whatever, voice recorded. Just get those thoughts out of your head because it'll make things a lot easier and free up space for what is actually meant for you. Question for you. What is something that is just, amazing about you today that was uncomfortable for you five years ago? Vulnerability and feelings. <laughs> I can answer that in a heartbeat. Those were things I was not good at. And part of it was because I was not willing to receive. I, I had major trust issues. So I didn't share with people. You know, I didn't tell them anything about me when it was 
a conversation between two people, you know, hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I could put that conversation, flip that right back on that person and hear everything about them and yes. nothing about me. Yes. Nothing. I mean, I was called the vault for a long time. Like, man, Claudia's vault. You never can get anything out of her. I'm like, well, if you asked me, I would tell you. And I had a coach once that made me do this exercise. I was going to lunch with two friends after our session. She goes, I have an exercise for you. And I go, okay, cool. And she's like, I want you to ask your, your friends if they believe you're vulnerable. And I was like, well, why would I ask them that? And she's like, because I want them to tell you if they think that you share your life with them. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I went to lunch with, uh, it was a guy and a girl. And I, I go, I got, I have an assignment. I'm going to ask you guys. And they're like, okay. And so I asked them and she pops up right away. She goes, of course. She goes, I mean, you tell people, if I ask you anything, you'll tell me. She's like, you're not holding back. You'll tell me anything. And he goes, well, Claudia, you're really good at telling people what you think they want to hear. And then I was like, well, you're both not wrong. So, you know, it, it depended right. on my comfort level with the person mm -hmm. on how much I was willing to share. But I'll tell you what, writing, coaching and podcasts were the things that broke me out of that because it's the stories that I tell that have been in my life, that have been in my world, that have happened to me or part of me or me allowing those are all the things that resonate with people because they've been there. Yeah. Big and bold. 10 years from now, <laughs> 10 years from now, where's Claudia yeah. Wyatt? Yeah. Um, you're going to see me everywhere. I'm on the, I'm on the train and I'm, I'm going full speed ahead. I will be keynote speaking on stage. There will be books, plural. I've been working on one for quite a while that I restarted about three times. So I finally am at least a little more uh, on track with that. And I want to speak everywhere. I want to be, you know, on stage. I want to be at conferences and definitely coaching big companies, teams, and helping them get through all the things that they doubt themselves for. Yeah, I can see this. I mean, up. I can really see this. So <sighs> I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to leave the show without talking about the uh, walkabout method. So tell, oh, yeah. tell us about the walkabout method. The walkabout came from my own journey. You know, once I really started digging into my own stuff and realizing all of my patterns and my shiny object syndrome and my boundary less, as you would say, I started to realize that there was more to the life I had. And because I had been so trapped in this, you know, hole that I had put myself in, I missed out on so much life. I missed out on fun times, going out, seeing friends, of seeing family, of doing anything really, of doing anything that I wanted to do. And so I sat down one day and I made a list of all the things that I wanted to do. And I started to build a board. I was like, I'm gonna build a vision board. This is going to help me map out my life. And I made a list of all the things I knew I needed to work on. And I coached and, and read books and, and got coaches for all of these things. And then I put a plan in together and I was like, this is the life that you want then you can't just manifest it. Like you literally have to put action into it. So I made an action plan and I'm with targets and deadlines and was like, this is what you're going to do. And this is where you're going to go. And one of the first things I did was I took a trip and I took it by myself. And someone said, well, why are you doing that? I go, because it's for me. It's something I need to do because I have not allowed myself to do anything. And so it started with the trip of me going on this walkabout and I went to a little towns outside Boston, rented a car and explored and walked and I walked and I went to this sculpture garden and I came across these beautiful glass doors and I just stood there and I was like, that's powerful. 
And I just hit myself with, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And I was looking at it going, yep, this is the walk of my life because I am taking my life back right now. And the lady at the B&B, when I, when I checked in, she said, are you checking in by yourself? And I said, I am. And she said, are you running away from home? And I laughed because I thought that was funny. But then I stopped and paused and said, no, I'm not. I'm running toward myself. I'm running toward the life that I want, the things that I want, the career that I want, the relationships I want, and I'm doing it on my own terms, my way. Everyone's steps are meant to be different. They're not going to be the same as mine because they're meant to. Everyone's on a different journey and a different path. But all of those steps, you know, self-care, mindset, all of those were part of this process for me to dig in and realize what I really wanted and then actually execute and take action on those things. You know, wanting and seeing and visualizing and, and manifesting is all well and good, but you got to be part of the story. And that's when you take action on it and make it happen. And that's where it came from. And as soon as I did that, all of these things started opening up for me, you know, shows, my career, my company, my company launched eight months earlier than it was supposed to because it just it came when it was supposed to in my brain it wasn't the time but that's when it happened because i was allowing it i was letting my life be in my control and by doing it on my own terms my walkabout began and it was a spiritual journey for me it was an emotional journey it was a financial journey it was all these things that i had been missing out on that i was like i'm taking in my life back and i'm taking it now and this is how we're going to do it and then I realized how powerful it was and how much it had done for me. I was like, I'm going to have to write this for other people. And when I wrote the process of the story of me going on my walkabout, people were like, what is this walkabout anyway? And I go, stay tuned because it's about to become a program so that you can live the life of your dreams as well. So it's literally a step-by-step method that's customized by you that gets your mindset that gets your patterns broken that helps you achieve all the goals you want like i said emotional financial physical all of them and then you actually take the steps to do it so if that looks like a trip to you there you go if that looks like a new career path there you go if that looks like a relationship with self there you go because that's where it starts i had to find me before i could take the steps and all of that's in there. And I'm so excited and so proud of it because it saved me. By doing all of those things, it broke me free from those chains that I had chained myself to. It wasn't just the relationship I was chained to. I was chained to myself. I was chained to my house. I was chained to the depression that I was in. I broke free from all those things by allowing myself to say, I'm worth it, I'm enough. And if you wanna be free and you wanna have that freedom walk, you're going to have to take the first step. And that's where the walkabout came from. That's so awesome. So if, if we've got listeners out here, and I know this will circulate through your tribe as well, um, where can they learn more about Claudia Wyatt? Uh, you can jump on my website. It's www.claudiawyatt.com. I'm also on LinkedIn um, under Claudia Wyatt, and I'm on uh, Instagram under The Claudia Wyatt. So you can find me under my name pretty much anywhere, which is great. But I do have a motivational blog on my website as well. My programs are on there. And if you want to just chat and tell me your story, I'm definitely open to listen. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's been, a, it's, I have so much respect for you and admiration. I appreciate you coming on to the Breakthrough Zone. It's been awesome talking me. with it's you today. It's been awesome. Yes, it's been awesome. <laughs> and uh, we'll do this again somewhere soon. We'll do this again. I, I, can, I can see that. So 
Thank you. Uh, thank you for being in the Breakthrough Zone. I salute you, and I want you to go out there and just continue to, to kill it because you're making a huge, huge impact on the world. Thanks, Claudia. Thank you, John. It's been an honor to be here. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. To learn more about John, visit johnpageburton.com. See you next time in the Breakthrough Zone. This podcast is a Live the Dream Media production.